0: Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Effie.
1: And I'm Chad. And I'm Evan.
0: And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Morningstar, book three in the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown.
1: All right, Effie, third book in. What were your thoughts?
0: This was my favorite one so far.
1: Really? Really. Okay, well, I want to dig more into that. Uh, I want to do the recap first, though. But before we do that, I want to just say I am continuously amazed at the amount of story Pierce Brown can jam into one book there's a lot going on
2: there's so much going on all from one character's perspective too Evan did you get any
1: um did you like this one more or less than your initial read um many moons ago
2: I liked Morningstar a lot more on my because I think when I first read this series I think I liked Golden Sun the most and then Red Rising after that and then Morningstar after that but I think Mm -hmm. now it's Golden Sun is still my favorite very closely followed by morning star and then red rising at the at the bottom of the 3
1: Oh really I think I would I would do your initial I think I'd be golden sun red rising morning star Oh really Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I think that this one definitely had, the characters seemed a lot more rounded out. I could empathize a lot more with what they were going through. It didn't seem so like bombastic and like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Which was like a lot of what Golden Sun- There was still a little bit of that in this book, yes. but I think Effie put it really well. We were talking about it a couple of days ago, and Effie said something to the effect of like, uh, I I like the characters more.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Yes. yeah, That is a
2: good way of saying it. Effie, before the recap, what's
1: the order of your favorite?
0: Um, I would say Morningstar, Red Rising, Golden Sun. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I love it. That's wow. why we brought
1: you on. Because yeah. Chad and I would have
0: just been different. agreeing with each other.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. What a diverse group we are. <laughs> well, uh, without further ado, let's get right into the recap, and then we can start really digging into what we thought about Morningstar. Let's do it.
0: Darrow is a shadow of his former self after a year of torture and imprisonment at the hands of Adrius Al Augustus, the arch of Mars, better known as the Jackal. Across the society, Darrow is believed dead after a public execution faked by the Jackal and Octavia Al Lune, the Sovereign. Severo Al Barca, now the leader of the Sons of Ares, sends his deputy, Holiday Nakamura, to rescue Darrow. Darrow discovers that Victra Au Julia is also alive and frees her as well. After escaping to a hidden rebel stronghold, Darrow and Victra join Severo's gang of howlers. Their first mission is to kidnap Quicksilver, the richest man in the society, who they believe is the Jackal's silent partner. Darrow and company stumble into a peace negotiation between Cassius Al Bellona, Moira Al Grimace, and the Death Knight on one side, with Darrow's old friend's Virginia Mustang, oh, Augustus, and Cavax and Daxo Al on the other. The room erupts into a bloody skirmish. Moira and the Death Knight are killed. Mustang is shocked to find Darrow alive, and the Howlers manage to escape with Quicksilver and Cavax as prisoners. Quicksilver reveals that he had secretly co-founded the Sons of Ares with Severo's late father, Fichtner Al oh, Barca, and offers his considerable resources to Darrow. Kavax also makes peace with Darrow and offers him his allegiance. The sun sees control of the moon Phobos as a distraction, allowing Darrow, Ragnar, and Holiday to slip away to seek an alliance with Ragnar's mother, Aaliyah Snow Sparrow, the Obsidian Queen. They are intercepted and joined by Mustang, who renews her dedication to Darrow and his cause. They learn too late that they have been followed by an enemy ship, and both ships exchange fire and crashed into the frozen wasteland of Obsidian territory. Plagued by cannibalistic tribes of Obsidian outcasts, Darrow and his companions ambush their gold pursuers, Aja Algrimus and Cassius Albulona. Darrow and Mustang neutralize Cassius, but Ragnar is mortally wounded by Aja before she escapes. Ragnar's sister, Sephi, arrives in time to be reunited with him, only to watch him die. Hoping that the fierce Obsidian warriors will join his rebellion, when they see that their gods are just men who have subjugated them, Darrow and Mustang lead Sephi and her Valkyrie to overtake the Golds, who style themselves as Norse gods for the superstitious Obsidians. Elias still refuses to follow Darrow's cause and denounces his group as heretics, so Sephie kills her mother and the remaining Golds. Sephie becomes queen and manages to rally all of the Obsidian tribes to join Darrow's crusade leaving the polar region for the Sons of Ares stronghold with the wounded Cassius in tow. Cassius reveals that the Sovereign's secret stockpile of nuclear weapons has been stolen, likely by the Jackal. Darrow and Mustang seek an alliance with the Moon Lords of Jupiter, who are led by the self-declared Sovereign of the Outer Rim, Romulus al-Ra. Darrow's former friend Roke al is also there, in his position as the Imperator of Octavia Alun's Sword Armada. To negotiate a truce with the Moon Lords. Darrow secures their support against Octavia when he manipulates Roke into confirming that she possesses planet-destroying atomic weapons to use against them if necessary. Darrow's forces are joined by those of the Moon Lords against Roke's Sword Armada and the fleet of Victor's brutal sister, Antonia aus Severus Julii. Using a tactical ruse, Darrow, along with Sefi's obsidians, board Roke's flagship. They overtake the ship, and the proud Roke, refusing to surrender, commits suicide. Antonia flees, but is soon captured by Victra. After the battle, Sephi and her obsidians instigate a riot among the Sons of Ares to execute their gold prisoners, having been enraged by the savagery of the Jackal. Severo proves their hypocrisy in dramatic fashion by first hanging Cassius for killing Fitchner, and then hanging himself for his own multiple murders committed. Astonished, Sefi cuts them both down before they die, and Severo makes peace with the obsidians. Then Severo and Victra are married in in the week thereafter. Darrow's red armada arrives at Luna to attack the Sovereign. Darrow, Severo, and Mustang release Cassius, who swears to distance himself from the war, until he suddenly grabs Severo's scorcher and shoots him to death. Cassius stuns Darrow and Mustang, sets Antonia free, and the duo take Darrow, Mustang, and Severo's body with them to deliver to the Sovereign. They meet the Jackal, who coerces Cassius to sever Darrow's hand, and Octavia orders Aja to execute Antonia for her dishonorable conduct during the battle with the Moon Lords. Then she sentences Darrow to death in a live telecast. Cassius, however, kills the Sovereign's Praetorian guards and releases Darrow and Mustang. Darrow fatally stabs Octavia and incapacitates the Jackal. While Cassius and Mustang face Aja, Darrow revives the sedated Sevro. Aja is slain under their combined efforts. Then, the Jackal instructs Darrow to commit suicide under threat of detonating the nuclear bombs he has placed across Luna. Darrow then tears out the Jackal's tongue, while Mustang and Lysander direct both the Loyalists and the Rising Fleets to fire upon the Jackal's flagship, which was firing the Nukes. Nevertheless, twelve nuclear bombs go off, killing millions. With the support of Octavia's young grandson, Lysander, Mustang is able to take control as the new Sovereign. She disbands the Senate and begins dismantling the color system and the tyrannical social infrastructure of the Golds. The jackal is then publicly executed. Cassius, having made peace with Darrow and himself, takes off with Lysander to raise the boy in exile. Afterwards, Mustang reveals to Darrow the existence of their son, Pax, who was born while Darrow was presumed dead and had been secretly in the care of Cavix's wife. That's when Darrow vows to himself to create a better world for him and his family to live in.
2: Okay, so I just want to say for the record, um, at the end of this book, I had already read Morningstar, but I forgot exactly what the chain of events at the very end was. Mm. So what happened is I was reading it and then Cassius shot Severo six times in the chest, six times, Pierce Brown. Six times. And then, and then I called Effie immediately and I was like,
0: yeah. oh my God. Severo's
2: not dead, is he? and the, but like because you couldn't remember i,
0: felt so, I couldn't so...
2: remember i felt oh, and i just wonderful. i couldn't even i was just like i have to know this exact instance because i know pierce brown he's not just gonna be like tada he's fine you know he's gonna drag it out and make me feel terrible for like four chapters you know but which then is didn't exactly really do what do he that. did i mean he kind of did that well, like- well
1: yeah but they didn't really make a big enough deal about it because i couldn't remember either but then in the fall they just kind of moved past it as a group pretty quickly and i was like okay something's up here
2: i did notice so i've, I've noticed something with pierce brown and please correct me Effie your chat if you think i'm wrong about this but i've kind of noticed that when, when a plan is about to go hmm. absolutely bonkers, Pierce Brown kind of like reels in Darrow's more kind of um, like opinionated thoughts and feel. You know what I mean? Like he kind of makes everything a little bit more objective. And it's just yeah. like Darrow's just like literally saying all the things that are happening instead of saying what he thinks about them. And so I've kind of, that's how I kind of knew like, okay, something else is really up here because... Darrow isn't like, ah, Cassius, you bastard, you killed my best friend. It was right, like, right
1: after agreeing yeah. that we, you were going to just distance yeah. yourself. He, I really do like it. I think I agree with everything you just said, but I really do like his um, kind of habit of not telling us the plan, even though everyone else knows the plan. That's on the good, good guy's side, so we kind of get to experience the surprise as the enemy experiences it. And I think it's like a far more intriguing, like interesting, captivating way to tell a story. Um, I mean, it's really hard like going to do. Knowing it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do from a first person perspective when that person whose perspective you're reading knows the whole plan. Right. In fact, know? made like, the plan <laughs> really, really difficult to do. What do you think about that? Effie?
0: Well, I think that's, what's funny about it is this happened in golden sun. And again, several times in morning star where how you're describing it, that Darrow knows the plan, but we're not in on the plan. Right. Yeah. But he also knows that they know the plan. So he has a backup <laughs> plan, which we also don't know we about. Don't and know. so there's like yeah. these like twists within twists that are like kind of whiplashy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, actually. And and in, in, in what is my opinion, and experience or an enjoyable way, but uh, I could see it being a little abrasive. Okay, Effie. As I said, I was going to begin every episode this way. I'm going to um, capitalize on your emotions, but do not feel that I am slighting them because I was crying a few times during this book. But I want to know, did you cry? And if so, when? And then if you didn't, what at least was like the lowest, most emotional point for you?
2: And what would make
1: you cry? And what would make you cry? You heartless beast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I... It's funny because I didn't cry at all during Golden Sun i don't right. think i, remember I can that. remember even though you pointed out you were like not even with Victra. and <laughs> I, I was like, like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible <laughs> no um for for morningstar i only cried once and it was when ragnar died yeah, yeah. i mean that so, was I think like it got all the of most us. <laughs> brutal
2: yeah ragnar taking the the blade out of his hands and grabbing his sister's hand and saying oh. live for more like man oh
1: Ah. It was just like saxy died. It was meaningful. And the guy like still went out with a smile on his chest, being like, for Valhalla, for my friends. You're just like, man. Got oh it.
0: my <sighs> god. I, well, I just I was mad at Pierce Brown. For first he killed Pax, who was like mini Ragnar. Right. Yeah. And then he killed Ragnar. <laughs>
2: like, what the fuck? I don't think he needed to kill Ragnar. Oh. I don't know. No, like I did. I, that was that was a lot. That was excessive yeah
0: Ragnar Ragnar believed in this rebellion and this cause more than most people involved and he like understood it better than a lot of people he was like the heart of it besides Darrow everyone looked to Ragnar like it was it was depressing once he was dead I think
2: it's silly that Ragnar fought I mean maybe it was just the blocking of that scene and kind of what was necessary but Ragnar fighting Aja no That was never going to work. Like Ragnar's way too big. Like he's too slow. Like Aja, like you can't put the brawler against this fast, dexterous one. It's like no, no, and it it was just like Ragnar totally could have taken Cassius. I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and so Cassius would have have
0: actually died. Yeah, (laughs) and
2: Darrow and Mustang probably could have taken Aja. So
0: well, mm -hmm. I don't know.
2: You don't think so? I bet they could have.
0: I mean, knowing the way that Aja finally does die, it took four people. It
2: did death by a thousand
1: she's a beastie i mean that's yeah. what uh her trainer because her and darrow share, shared the uh lauren. the trainer lauren yeah thank you is it lauren or lauren lauren lauren, lauren. 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 um they shared lauren the trainer and uh with the one piece of advice he said was like never fight aja
2: one of my questions is it se- it's not even really a question it's just a notice that i had it seems very convenient that adrius the jackal was like well i am going to use Severo's gun wouldn't it be poetic if i use Severo? and it's like wow yeah. really you're falling literally this is literally the exact thing they wanted you to do well, and you know me so well that, i mean like that's insane they put a blank in his gun so that it wouldn't kill daryl like it's it, like when remember that's what happened That's i'm you're just right, I, I can wrong. only go with the text that How like, what they, was like the, that's it wasn't so just it
0: just wasn't just one blank it was several wasn't it because wasn't several just in case he decided to go six yeah but then they
2: reloaded it right with blanks or whatever or no no like um there weren't even real bullets in the gun that's what I'm saying yeah yeah ever yeah
1: so which is a crazy foresight on their part like to know that
2: yeah it's not it's not I'm not saying there should never have been blanks in the gun or whatever because they needed it for um pretending Severo was dead but banking on adrius not only being the one to decide to kill darrow you know it wouldn't have been uh, Aja. It wouldn't have been Antonia. It wouldn't have been the sovereign herself. the Sovereign wouldn't have had Lysander do it. None, none of that. It's, yep. it's they're banking on it being the jackal, and not only that, the jackal deciding to use Severo's gun. You know, yep, like that, that sounds, was that
1: was the stretch.
2: That was the only part of the honestly the entire book where I was just like, really though, like, <laughs> yeah, right. like that's like that's pretty lucky. That's exactly what you wanted to happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Those are my. Th- It's
0: weird that that would be the plan, too, because as it was happening, Darrow was actively surprised that the Sovereign allowed the jackal not only to just be there, but to volunteer and then said, yeah, go ahead and kill him. Like, the whole thing was a surprise to him. He was like, what is that? What's going on here? Why are they, like, colluding together? The whole thing was confusing. And yet he planned on it?
2: Maybe they didn't actually plan on Darrow being executed with Severo's gun. Maybe that was just a happy coincidence, and they just hadn't planned exactly how Darrow maybe. would get. Then it. Why maybe. would he have blanks for Severo? Like
0: he just didn't unload the whole clip of blanks. Yeah, because like, <laughs> well, no, the... well,
1: Why would they? If they didn't plan on it, then why would they put blanks in Severo's
2: Cause... gun? Well, to,
1: when they because,
0: shot him,
2: because they had to shoot Severo with blanks. Oh, for like... for Cassius shooting it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, like, but did maybe Cassius they shoot didn't... him with Severo's gun? Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, okay, Cassius okay. takes Severo's gun
2: and she, that was that uh, was part okay. of the plan. I, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, the part of the plan that I am taking issue with was them still banking on that gun being used to murder Darrow. Oh, okay. No, no you're right. To execute Darrow. Which, you're which, right, yeah. But, that, now that I'm thinking, that. but now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, well, maybe they actually didn't plan that far ahead and that was just a happy coincidence, but yeah. still one a, hell happy, of a happy coincidence. <laughs> it was a pretty happy coincidence, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. the,
0: al- the alternative would have been just breaking out into a sword fight in the middle of it instead right. like- yeah.
2: <laughs> what's really funny about it though is that darrow was not n- no part of the plan had darrow getting his hand cut off like that was real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that- <laughs> but i mean what choice did cassius have right i mean
1: I know. I, I wonder if it. afterwards they were having a discussion. They're like, "Man, you really committed to that deceit. Like maybe you could have committed like a little less <laughs> hard, or like taken like my non-main hand or something. Like because I think it was his right that he took, right? Yeah. No, I, I, I kind
0: <laughs> of I kind of love that he was the one who cut it off and that he didn't hesitate because Darrow cut Cassius's arm off. <laughs>
2: yeah, he did. And so
0: he's like, "Yeah, bro. Like, <laughs>
2: like hopefully all this goes to plan, but I'm still cutting your arm off, right? <laughs> One thing that, uh, another thing I I didn't super buy in this book is Cassius. So there's, I have mixed feelings on Cassius. So on the one hand, I do agree with the kind of sentiment that Cassius, none of this is really his fault. And he hasn't really, he hasn't really done anything that reprehensible in this entire situation you know he's been he's kind of just been like a golden retriever guy like this entire time I mean, just kind of
1: sitting beside while Darrow was tortured and then yeah boxed but like, in that little coffin was pretty pretty,
2: pretty that was pretty bad that was bad for sure but like Cassius is as far as the the main cast of golds go you know right, like he's right but I so I I kind of understand that to a certain extent I understand his and Darrow's relationship. For yep. the most part i get i get what's going on here but i still think it's kind of silly that darrow is so like forgiving because and here's my thought process behind it okay so after the battle with roke darrow decides that it's okay to murder thousands of reds on the docks of was it ganymede uh, uh the, yeah i think it was on Ganymede those docks. he he rationalizes it and he says well right. this is like this this is just the way we got to do it Some that's war baby but then <laughs> right. and it's like and it's what the reason his reasoning behind it is mostly I'm gonna nip this risk in the bud right now which is like, like it is like if you if that's your that is I guess fair but he's not consistent with it when it comes to Cassius you know what I mean like Cassius right. Cassius it's like yeah he's he's your bro but like if you're really on this kind of if this is your track of mind if this is nip your mindset in the bud. yeah like nip him in the butt. he would like do, just do it and then obviously it ends up working out for everybody because you know fr- the power of right well only exceptions
1: like are that, made in darrow's mind if you know him personally he's like but my yeah, friends are my just, family which is yeah. kind of my one problem with darrow like okay his whole like love for roke where he's like i loved him and it was like okay roke his whole character I find annoying and I find the relationship in Darrow's mind kind of annoying that he has seemingly with Roke where he like is forgiving of him and like makes him to be this honorable poet, which like, I guess he's a poet since when, but okay, whatever. And then he's just like,
2: it's been a thing. Has it been
1: a thing? It's been, I don't know. I feel like in this one, he was like the honorable poet and it was like, no. And it was like, dude, he didn't just, he, he wasn't like on the wrong side and he wasn't like just at all. Like he literally betrayed you guys for like for the greater good or for the society to like keep the lower colors subjective. Like, no, I don't think that he was worthy of Darrow's love at all. I was just like, like Darrow dramatically sees some of Roke's blood flow over him. It's like, it was like a shard of my own reflection trapped in its red fingers, inwardly thinking that could have been him, but for a few decisions, like he was a good man. Oh, a, a man who like had to die, even though I loved him. And it was like, dude, no, this a-hole, like, for everyone else, no. He, like, sweats blood for them. Oh, yeah, and then Rogue, like, doubles down on being on this sovereign side. He's like, no, I'm going to fight for them and then, like, become the leader of the... I I don't know. I just feel like he's not as good of a person as Darrow thinks, and as Darrow's way too forgiving. Like, that guy was a POS and deserved everything he got, and I think it was pretty, like, weak of him to commit suicide.
0: I tend to agree with Darrow's, like affection for roke i understand i understand that they spent a lot of time together and it was like a lot of intimate time together in very intense traumatic situations in their childhood at the institute and yeah they trauma bonded hardcore in the institute and then it carried over into the academy like they were there for a year or two or something and so i understand that they spent a lot of time together But how quickly he turned on him, how murdery he got so quickly without any remorse or really any hesitation. And then he had that like pretty fashy spiel um, with the moon lords when he was trying to get them on the sovereign side. Super fashy. (laughs) He's like, "Um, excuse me, but like fascism is amazing and beautiful because we're gold and like this is just who we are, of course. And he's just a bug. Like, he was talking so much shit about Reds and Darrow and stuff. And then after that conversation, Darrow goes, when did I lose you? And it was like, bro, you should have lost him. Like, what? Oh, my God. (laughs) You should have thrown
1: him out with the garbage, dude. It's funny that you use the word fashy because I have in my notes, like, darrow he's a good man deep inside like no actually from the surface all the way to his literal die on the hill deep level values they were all super fashy and based on the superiority of a certain group simply because of the color they were born to and the access to their access to body engineering like his literal last words were i am the star in the night sky i am the blade in the twilight i am (laughs) the god the glory i am the gold then decapitates himself like yeah peace out my guy yuck out of here good riddance yeah
2: Roke says you know what I can do you do not have a commander to match me and when your ships burn the Knights of the core will pour into your cities at the head flying columns and fill the air with ash enough to choke your children yeah. like come on man yeah, like he that literally is, threatens that is, to kill children that's pretty brutal <laughs> and so okay so
0: and there's like why don't got... you like me anymore? I think, I think there's a couple <laughs> things going on here. I think
2: there's a couple <laughs> things going on here. So, I think maybe it was something that Brown is trying to do is a lot of what he was going on in Golden Sun too. I mean, like a lot of these books are about like empathy, right? Misplaced empathy, but also like a lack of empathy in a lot of situations and and Darrow is really grappling with this for all three of these books right yeah. he's trying to see where he fits on this empathetic line like who is he supposed to um you know feel for who is he supposed to hate like to what degree is he supposed to hate what is he supposed to do with that hatred you know there's a lot of really confusing feelings going on here but I th- I think that's what's trying to be shown here. I do think it fumbles like a little bit just because of how hardcore Roke is. Like Roke is showing absolutely zero remorse here. And I think that I what's trying to be done, which I think is kind of succeeding, but basically um, the idea is that Roke is, hang know, there's, there's a real irony here because Roke says of Darrow, Darrow is on, only who he is because of who is around him. Right. And that's I think meant to be kind of like a jab at Darrow, but it's kind of ironic too because Roke is only who he is because of the society that's shaped him this way. Right. And and, and Darrow's trying to look at it through that prism. Which you, know, you can't he's even like, overcome. Right. But it, it kind of begs the question like, um, is there a point of no return for somebody that you love when their ideals are such the opposite of yours? You know? And it's like yeah, if he's talking about killing babies, maybe, you know, like, right. maybe, like, I don't know how bad you're really kind of supposed to feel about that.
1: <laughs> it kind of like, brings me back to um, in book two when Lorne and Darrow kind of had their um, showdown where um, who did Lorne kill? The Darrow was like, no, he could have been. Tactus. Uh, Tactus. Tactus. Yeah. And then at the end, Lorne was like, you know what? I was wrong. People can change. And then he's kind of proven right. The next scene where roke and the jackal like betray them and take over it's like some people can't be can't come back from the edge you know and so that it was kind of reminiscent of that whole theme of like
2: yes most people can change but like some can't you know yeah i don't know that was um that was a lot that was a really intense scene you know like roke taking his own life because it it just shows even more how really dedicated he was because tactus was like oh you're gonna forgive me then. I can totally hang all this up and even to a lesser extent thistle uh when before she's killed by Antonia, which we're definitely oh, going to get yeah. to by the way we right. have to get to that part but you know um there are and i think that's probably another thing that's giving Darrow pause is that he's seen golds kind of like go back on this and reach an empathetic spot and change their minds about certain things and he still is holding out hope for roke but roke is far gone like roke yeah, is, man. Roke is like, deep roke- in here Roke was
1: first to talk smack when he had, um, the head of what's his face revealed to him at the end of book two. Oh, Fitchner, um, Fitchner, yeah, Fishner. yeah, yeah he, he was, and he was like, like he your was just holding it. Is revealed, he he said something super racist to him, and then like revealed the head, and it was like, no, at that point, there's no like coming back. Like, no, man. Yeah,
2: Roke, Roke, talking with, um, Romulus and Darrow. I was kind of annoyed with Roke, you know, because, and I think we're supposed to be, obviously, but it's just his whole attitude is just like, man, come on, I want to keep being an authoritarian. Like I was born for this. What the right, hell? Like, like, but we are kind of it, gods, though. Yeah, like, why is everyone getting in my way? Like, this sucks. This is so. Right, lame. And Darrow, it's your you fault know? that,
1: um, oh uh, gosh, I can't remember her name. His, who died that in the beginning of that book? That was she was, um, they were they were into each other. Quinn. Quinn yeah Quinn. Quinn died and he never like th- that was on Darrow in his mind and, like he blames all of the bad things on Darrow and it's like man like you have some personal responsibility for your part in dec- deciding to like go along with but, them
2: but we have to remember that the golds especially broke in his position you know and not by position but by position I mean the state of his birth the height of his birth you know the quality of his birth you could say uh, if you were a gold but we have to remember that roke literally cannot see where darrow is coming from right at no point in this entire situation in all of these books has roke been like oh i guess we are kind of subjugating people and we are kind of oppressing it right. that that line that's of thinking true. has never happened oh. with roke well mean, i mean he says it and then it's like and that's the way it should be right but he's not <laughs> but he's not taking the line of reasoning that that's bad yeah he's taking oh, the, yeah he's saying like no this really is the way that it should be, and I'm ready to kill myself for it, which is like... And your children. I mean, yeah, and your children. Like, (laughs) damn, damn. And so I think that maybe what... I think Darrow's not necessarily reconciling with, like, his friend not changing his mind as much as he's reconciling with the fact that he's not going to. And so he... You know what I mean? And and to be fair, Darrow is just as strong-willed about his beliefs as Roke is. So I think that's the kind of, like mirror image that darrow is seeing there you know in the blood fingers and stuff like right i think he's trying i think that's darrow understanding that roke was never going to come to his side because he felt just as uh intensely his feelings as darrow did so that's my my thoughts on i
1: i agree with you on that front you know and i think his uh i think the biggest difference the separation comes when they're both at the height of emotional reactions to things darrow allows his brain to kind of come back into play and sometimes he'll think things out as opposed to Roke just reacting like when Roke was trying to convince the Moon Lords um, to join him in the Sovereign he like basically his last like final ditch Hail Mary effort was to be like and we will burn your children like and just basically ice your glass your planet and it was like as soon as he said that after the guy displayed so much affection for his kids and like the meaning of family it was like done bro you're done that was obviously an emotional thing not a tactic it was well played by Darrow Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I bet you that was Mustang's idea.
0: That scene was really stressful to read. That was like one of my least favorite scenes to read. The entire situation from like when they landed on that moon to when they left, I hated it. This new kind of gold, because I had read two and a half books of a certain type of gold. And now we have these moon golds, these outer (laughs) moon golds. And they're all like even more alien and even somehow more gold. Like their honor system and just everything the way that they spoke was so eerie and so
2: very separated
1: mm -hmm. yeah i have a question for both of you uh i want to hear your guys' opinion on whether or not you think she was right to do this or wrong to do this but mustang's waiting for so long before revealing that her and darrow actually have a child together
0: Uh, i thought it made sense his mom was saying that right now the reds need a sword they need a warrior they don't need a dad and so if he knew he had a kid it would have like slowed him down it would have made him think about even one more obstacle one more thing that he cared about in like all of these instances and it could have like caused the hesitation that caused a big mistake and so he needed to just literally not know or even know a hint of its existence so that he could focus on the task at hand. I thought I it was like kind of a good move.
2: Yeah, I mean like I'm all for, you know, honesty and transparency. Uh, you know, if if I had a kid, I would really love to to know that I had a kid, but I'm also not heading up a revolution that's in control of billions of mm-hmm. people's right. lives. So You're not currently it, father to like all the low colors. Well, and my my point <laughs> being, my point my point being that him knowing that wouldn't have done anything it wouldn't have changed anything it would you know what I mean like it. if anything to Effie's point it would have yeah, prevented him from it would have made things well worse yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they were in a situation where like nothing if something's not going to benefit that particular situation that needs to stay off the table like only specific stuff needs to be happening right now I mean it sucks because like I would have felt not necessarily betrayed but I would have felt annoyed probably oh, that sure. that information had been like kept from me but because it there is kind of like there is that feeling i, I mean i kind of felt when i found out about that i was like yeah but they don't know that that's how he would have reacted right you know? and, so and one,
1: what's more it's exactly what darrow did to roke at the beginning of book two right he removed his ability to make the decision by like injecting him with like you didn't just make the de- you, you made the decision for me i didn't even get the chance to make the decision one way or the other you didn't even give me the trust enough to like think i would have be very much mad probably for like a month or two but and they and- had the right reasons yeah no I, I think they were yeah. right in the yeah. long run but as darrow i would have probably not been so agreeable <laughs> i think once you
2: saw little baby packs though you'd be like oh whatever oh, that's yeah cool. that's true Little baby yeah. packs I
3: Pax. They
1: named his ship <laughs> and the kid like man, so much Pax. Yeah, memory. I, I thought it could have been named Ragnar. Like he didn't get any memory, like ships or children. I know named Darrow him. didn't get
2: to name his kid.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Ragnar, Ragnar was alive when that kid was born.
3: Totally. Oh yeah. So true, huh?
0: Good point. she didn't Good think point. to name you know, well but defended. I did. I thought that it was actually really touching that she even had that child because like she was, she was saying she held off telling Darrow because she wanted to know his true motive she wanted to see who he really was and what he was all about and what his goals with this revolution were to know if, if he was he a builder build. yeah. yeah but i thought it was just interesting because the last time we see her with darrow she is pretty uh dissatisfied <laughs> she's pretty yeah. angry and like confused and she feels betrayed and she feels she feels so many things and then she like finds out she's pregnant knows it's his And keeps it and like has it I don't know and that's like because it's really rare for golds and reds to have children together so it's like that's one of the very few instances that that's ever happened. I think it's really sweet that she even without knowing all of that stuff about Darrow that she wanted to know, so that she could make him a father she still kept him I don't know I thought that was really sweet
1: (laughs) I wonder if that baby will like look anything hopefully it takes after Mustang because like she has like (laughs) like and I don't mean to sound like awful when I say this of like I'm gonna sound like a Nazi kind of but like she has the better genes of the two right like the golds have been like bred over thousands and hundreds of years to be like this the huge you know even Severo he's like seen as like a runt right he's like the rat of them all because he is a mixture of gold and red and so I wonder if uh um, yeah. Mustang and Darrow's kid will also be tiny in stature you know
2: yeah I wonder I mean I um I really like the idea that Darrow these first three books are in first person present tense uh then I just started Iron Gold and those are in third know person it. I mean no they're in first person um as well but there's different um point point of view chapters but I like the idea that this is all Darrow telling his experience to his son you know like after the fact yeah um, wait but the, was... the
0: trilogy is Darrow telling his son
2: yeah Darrow telling Pax his son all the things that had happened up until the point of the events of iron gold and dark Ages. Uh... that's at least how I'm looking at it now that I've had a chance to kind of get into iron gold and you know little little Pax. that sounds right but it could be wrong. I don't know. I just what. like looking at it like
1: that. I'm very curious as to what will happen in that book. Um, but before we get into new predictions and stuff, um, maybe you guys can help clear up something. So the one thing that I didn't really understand in the story was that just randomly, the ship that pursues Darrow Mustang and Ragnar is the ship that Aja and Cassius are on. Like, did they know that they were on? Like, how did they even find that ship? Like, all of a sudden, they're just like in pursuit
0: they just um,
1: knew yeah they were
2: just
0: cassius did just, they just, felt think that he felt was his on that bro ship?
2: on that ship <laughs> yeah, was Bro connection bro bro, connection. Um, um, bro
0: is on that ship right now
2: there is a reason for it i can't remember exactly specifically what it was um but i did think it was funny that like they both they both shot each other just enough to damage each other to Like land in the snow, like crash land in the snow. Like one didn't blow up, but there's like ships constantly blowing up all the time. like Like
1: every time that he comes into a meeting, it's like oh Cassius and Mustang. Like oh there's a shipper swing up Cassius and it's like oh that's a lot of coincidences, you know.
0: No, I was I was just waiting for them to kiss finally. Darrow and Cassius, like yeah. the, the, the the romantic <laughs> tension. Say, Darrow
1: did that to Mustang. I was so stoked, but then yeah, you went a different direction. The, the, uh, I'm with the you. sexual
0: <laughs> tension between Cassius and Darrow over the last three. Oh books, my God, like For
1: uh, real, though, insane. You know, I would have never th- thought to put it in those words, but now that you say it, you are one hundred percent right. There is absolutely some sexual tension between yeah, those. Two. no,
0: the way that they had a very intimate firelight <laughs> drink romance. together,
1: yeah,
3: even
0: though they were like, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you too. But then they sat there and reminisced and like was like I love you, bro. I love you too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, <did. laughs> I think yeah, I mean, I think it would have been a lot more impactful if Cassius and Darrow had actually hooked up in yeah. the first book. We, I'm not yeah. saying that it I'm not saying you couldn't have that intensity platonically. I think you can for sure, but totally. I think it just it would have made me believe it a little bit more yeah. like yeah. like cuz like maybe they had like this weird because yeah. like maybe they had this fling when the, in the first book and then Darrow kind of moved over to Mustang but then Cassius slept with Mustang I'm and like glad there's that we all didn't this get a
1: love triangle though the story yeah was... no the story uh...
2: didn't need a love triangle especially the love... a confusing okay, one I would agree with you that I typically don't really like love triangles but, but this I... one would
0: have been cool but I do think <laughs> this one would have
2: worked because of the way that Darrow interacts with Cassius you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like Darrow treats Cassius like he can't live without him. Like, oh yeah, he's his like ex-lover for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think that and it how
0: much and how well, much they wrong. hate each other. Like the intensity with which they hate each other sometimes is a little too much for like the, I mean, the what's like caused it. Yeah. I don't want to
2: discount. I don't want to discount how powerful a platonic friendship can be. Obviously, yeah, that's sure. a thing for sure. But I, but I still. I also think. Darrow and Roke should have hooked up too like I think every <laughs> I really do I think everybody should have just when they were all about to die in the hooked Institute up. everybody yes. was all fucking each other because absolutely that, they're all like supermodels like and they should the teenagers? have all been yeah I don't know
0: they, should, they, they were all fucking <laughs> so they're like yeah
2: they're all, killing they're each all other. like supermodel teenagers about to die at any moment like yeah. they sh- I would be going crazy out there in <laughs> they're the gross yeah orgies. yeah, like, oh yeah the gosh. fact that there are only like a few like weird sexual escapades happening ma- like, no. mainly like Un- most consensual. unrealistic part about the whole series in my yeah, I agree, not actually. not enough <laughs> sex not enough sex, between not enough sex. <laughs> they're okay, also though, stressed well, out too
1: Jeez. <laughs> well i will say though to conclude the romance uh dalliance we've had in this conversation i really really loved it like one of my high points probably mm, one of the top three highest points in the books for me was when mustang was like all right see you later and then walks away and daryl was like no and then he strides after her, grabs <laughs> her and kisses her i was like yeah. yes Finally, there go. yeah, I want to. I wrote it down. Let me find where it is. Here we go. Mustang says goodbye to him and be careful, and then is like, What's the point of all this if you die on me? And then Daryl runs after her, spins her around, and kisses her. The exact quote is Not a delicate kiss, but a hungry one, where I grab her head and feel the woman beneath the weight of duty. I was like, Yeah, <laughs> beneath Woo! the weight of duty. Yeah, feel that woman beneath the weight of
2: duty, Daryl. Yeah. Um, speaking of relationships is it just me or did Severo and Victra just kind of fall out of the sky because I'm so I... glad you brought
0: that up really okay yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I'm fine with it I don't it think was it's slowly well done but like was
0: it was weird like was did it I though? miss something no I no. felt the exact same way I was like weirded out when it started happening and then no, I was didn't like that's gonna stop happening right and then I thought got, Severo
1: like... liked Quinn. Yeah, he did, but he him and him and Victor have always been like, what up, what up? Like always, like looking at each other sideways. I <laughs> mean, they like are
0: goblin. both;
2: <laughs> they're both goblinish. Yeah, know? but she flirts Victor by is... punching.
1: She makes fun of you. That's how she makes. That's how she flirts. You know. I think so it makes sense. It just aggressive. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her love language yeah. is insulting. Yeah, so you you it's when she rules. walks
2: up it's and so, like hits yeah. you on the playground. That's I how you know so. when she's into you. I
0: yeah. just it just seemed so. Out them getting nowhere. married
2: was a little them out of getting the blue
0: married. yeah, yeah them they seem married. like not marriage people
1: and like it is an odd coupling I'll definitely give you that because like Severo is never described as being attractive in fact he's the opposite he's like the little tiny goblin like he like likes to stink and be gross and she's like very classy and like beautiful she's like the hottest
0: and, one there yeah
2: He's like the he's like the stable boy, and she's the princess. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even like, tell yeah. me that's not hot. Don't even try. Don't even try. Be with him. Don't even try. Yeah, um, bomb boy. One thing I really love about Pierce Brown is his usage of curse words. In the most strategic places and my favorite in this entire book was when several wakes up and just yells the word fuck and then that's the end of the chapter. Yeah! Wow. He's like it's like, just like fuck and it was just <laughs> like it was I was listening to it on audiobook and the way that Tim Gerard Reynolds narrated it and the way that it just like oh, it just man. wraps up that whole chapter and then starts and you're so there's so many emotions going on because you're like Severus alive oh my god and you're like fuck and he's like fuck and then the, <laughs> yeah. and then the chapter e- ends and it's just it's just more chaos after that I just I think that um, you know because curse words in books is it's difficult right like it's. You don't want to Very. use too many but you also don't want to like never use them because that's not really how people in this situation would talk you know like people would even if it's made up curse words even like brandon sanderson like makes up his own curse words and uses totally. them to, from time oh to time um, yeah. i like bloody damn a lot i like gory damn more personally gory,
1: gory damn gory damn sounds better with like a british accent but the way that, like, that tim gory gory Reynolds says bloody damn is just like yeah. oh it's like there's there's a hint of the rebellion woven within it you know maybe yeah <laughs> inspires like, me uh what's the other one that they use uh, the one that the golds use it's
2: well they use so there's a lot of slang in this book in these books so there's like gory dem and bloody down and then there's also are you keen no are you prime are you prime are you yeah prime. You... that's right yeah and i yeah, think that's from keen. the primus
1: being the leader yeah, or whatever like, you prime
2: uh, i'm prime and then um the like scorchers you know for pistols which are they just really called scorchers, or do they? Is that like slang for pistols?
0: I think I they were know. called scorchers.
1: I think that was like specific are specific that really yeah, like yeah, like, okay, like, cool, a, cool. like a like a forty five or something. Like um, a but a yeah, Halo. I think the gold slang was like gory hell, gory well, which is weird, and then gory damn. Okay, so maybe you guys can help me understand this. I missed. I, I'm missing a piece of something here that um, we learned that mustangs password to her data pad is l17 l6363 and daryl was like what and they have like a little moment and mustang grins but like i that that is meaningless to me and like i tried converting it to leet which is like the video game language using numbers as letters but like it didn't make any sense then so like do you guys know the significance of that string of numbers and letters
0: no i all i think i just skipped right over that and like, she just like and he like looks,
1: looks at her in surprise and she grins they have a moment about it yeah, yeah usually and... if
2: there's three of us we can figure something out but i'm gonna google it right all now. of us missed that yeah no
0: yeah i like i read it i remember being like what does that mean but i wasn't like, curious whatever. enough to like look it up yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah just totally. like, whatever. <laughs> maybe it's something
2: from the institute Probably. Yeah, I would imagine it's probably something from the institute. Because
0: that, those were the good old days. Oh, yeah.
2: it's his name from the mines. They're
1: what named the numbers, <laughs> and it's his family's oh, number name. Wow, wow. Weird. I would not remember that. That's
0: actually weird. <laughs> that's so impressive
1: that she was able to remember his. Oh, she probably looked it up, maybe. But As yeah, that's the, that was oh, his designation for Darrow. Fun. So it was that's his not name, like. Not <laughs> It was his number. Can you imagine though, if like F- he's you like, learned wow. that like your wife's wow. password was like the number that you had like etched on your arm in the Jew camp, like that yeah. would I've been would, like, no, like I don't want to remember any part of that. Why are you using that as your password? That's so yeah. messed up. I it's so you. sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's not sweet at all. It's like reminding me of my worst time in my life, where I was literally not even recognized for my name,
0: <laughs> not even human. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what you chose to remember. <laughs>
0: um, one of the questions that I had was what was the most surprising slash interesting plot twist for you and what was the least effective plot twist for you uh
2: the least effective one for me was probably the sovereign deciding to kill antonia like i think that was meant to be kind of like this
0: oh was that considered a plot twist
2: i mean i feel like it was for antonia for sure yeah you know, i mean I, live. I don't remember expecting that at all really the first time i read it i kind of remembered it this time around but i remember being kind of surprised about it but i was just like wow somebody should probably do that you yeah I was like relieved. somebody <laughs> yeah she was pretty terrible um but I mean like the best one obviously I mean in my opinion is Severo not actually being he was shot six times in the chest you know what I mean like that like that is definite but there is some there is some foreshadowing to that though because um Mustang does like requisition some special armor like in like a throwaway line of like one part of the book um so that is like a thing uh but I need to say
0: something about Severo's death sure okay so this is something that I was actually kind of impressed with. So, when Evan was at work the other day, he was listening to Morningstar. He was finishing the book, and he gets to the part where Sever was shot six times, point blank in the chest, and there's blood everywhere, and he dies. And he called me, and he sounded so upset. Evan was like, "Did Sever really die? <laughs> Did you Did had you, you finished really the book die? already?" And so I actually hadn't even gotten to the part where i thought you were yeah i I know i know he thought i was farther along in the book than i was and so when evan asked that and he sounded so upset i got (laughs) upset but i was like i didn't want to upset evan i wanted to reassure him and so I quickly Googled it. <laughs>
2: wow. I ruined so the twist needed, for Effie. That was but know.
1: she t- decided to be the bigger person in the relationship yeah. and cheer you up. What I must have move. sounded
2: so upset. You well, sounded yeah. so
0: sad because several's your favorite guy. He's your yeah, guy, he and so and so I was and like, I, I need remember. to make sure. And I and I quickly found out that he didn't actually die, and I was relieved, and you that were relieved.
1: Some straight partner points right there. Wow. Yeah, wow I'm impressed. What's funny Keeper, is later Keeper on. Move
0: when i finally got to that part myself i was still upset and shocked <laughs> and i was still worried yeah it was so like it like was the so well lied. written it
3: yes. was just
0: so well written like his his death scene was so intense that i was like holy shit does he actually die?" like yeah. it was <laughs> six times in the chest yeah. like i can yeah.
2: picture pierce brown like three times no four times no, four no. times five is too Let's even six, <laughs> six times in the chest like that's yeah. like, oh ma'am. It was too like, much. Like there is no no matter like <laughs> any gold, like any obsidian, you know what I mean? Like that's yep. there's no coming back from that. So the only way that it would have worked is if all the bullets were fake. Yeah. yeah. And and when you're reading that scene, you're like there's no reason for you to believe that the no. bullets like there's never been a even mention know about of, fake like,
1: bullets. Yeah, exactly. yeah they have so, never had
0: them before. <laughs> so, okay, I
1: want to answer your question about least and most. Um Yes. The least effective part I already talked was Roke being like the noble poet and like not the super piece of irredeemable shite that he actually is, um,
2: <laughs> which I still kind of take it. Bloody with, damn he, he, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think anyway. Uh, and and Darrow being so sad that he, I was like, whatever, not feeling it, not cool. Darrow, get <laughs> out of your head, like stop romancing this person and realize that he was a piece of actual human garbage. And then the thing that I liked the most, um, and maybe not the most, but th- that I found was like a helpful. And realistic thing that forward the relationship between characters was the little spat at the beginning between Darrow and Severo yeah. of having kind of yeah. like their little oh! like power, like who's in control actually. Yes. And Severo's just like running this like revenge, like destruction campaign, and Darrow's like, no, it needs to be like a rebuild. Like, and then really, it turns out that Severo like cries to him, is like, oh, I've had so much pressure on my shoulder, I don't even <laughs> want this position, and so he kind of gets freed by that conversation and the fact that they had to physically fight in order to like come back. <laughs> it was just so like broy and lovely. I, l- I like that a lot. And I like that it was short
2: and I think it was building up too you know you yeah, could kinda, yeah and I, I can see it from Severo's perspective though too I oh, mean for sure. like like Severo has been leading this entire situation this whole campaign for a year without Darrow busts Darrow out of prison Darrow's all messed up and then Darrow comes back in and is just like all right so uh, everything I say goes right <laughs> Severo's just like wait a minute dude I'm Aries. like when right. I say I want to blow stuff up we're gonna blow stuff up and it, it sucks because like Darrow was a hundred percent right in that situation like they shouldn't have blown anything up like quick right. like I thought several was being pretty obtuse like Qu- quicksilver was giving a lot of very easily verifiable information yeah to, like ex- to show that he really was who he was saying he was and several was just like nah he's full of shit we should blow this whole place up yeah. right, but he was oh only saying God. that
1: to back up the fact that he knows what he's doing. So it's like his whole problem, right? Is he was so insecure. People often will argue the things that they're most insecure about themselves about. And he was so insecure about his own leadership ability, Maybe, um, which yeah. came out later. It was like, oh, I feel this weight upon me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and so I think that was him just like arguing against for his own insecurity. You know, he, he had had that conversation with himself so many times he was like ready with the, the well, response to it.
2: And it was very astute of Darrow to notice that that was how he would have acted a year prior you know the right. way that, that Severo was acting and i'm not saying that like darrow was in like a healthier a mindset or anything but i think that darrow is better equipped at this juncture to lead this revolution because of the things that he's gone through and learned right whereas Severo is still kind of of a one-track mind the way that darrow was in golden sun because i mean golden sun was all about making mistakes right like getting like biting off way more than you could chew because darrow was then tortured for an entire year but and remembering to do things for the right purpose i think was a big theme Mm -hmm. in that as well and it didn't make darrow meek or anything you know i mean it didn't like mess with darrow's resolve to be tortured for a year but i think it gave darrow a lot of time to kind of reflect and think about everything that had gone wrong and why it had gone wrong and like the way that he really needs to approach all of this and build, uh, after tearing things down and, you know, and I think that that's like the way that Darrow is in Morningstar is a lot of the reason his reasoning behind how he treats Cassius, how he treats Roke, you know, like, I don't know if golden Sun Darrow would have spared Cassius and tried to get Roke to come over to his side, you know, like Morningstar Darrow would, and uh yeah Severo took a little bit longer to get there you know
0: yeah speaking of weird turns of Severo's character my least effective least favorite twist was when first of all when the obsidians decide to riot and kill all the golds because they saw darrow's uncle die um
2: that was kind of silly yeah
0: I was like why is this happening at all like that whole sequence yeah was such a mess like even like like editing wise in the book there was a part at the beginning of the chapter where he's like laying out how terrible it is and it's like these people are rioting they're hanging the gold so they have mustang and then like two paragraphs later he's like where's mustang who has her where are they <laughs> and it's like they have her like <laughs> but then yeah so it's like it leads to Cassius being hung and then Severo, Severo yeah, runs that part up, was a
2: little weird
0: sacrifices himself
2: I think Pierce Brown wanted Severo so to weird. backflip with a noose around his neck you know <laughs> yeah. which was a yeah. really cool visual
0: but uh, so unnecessary like
2: I agree entirely
0: and also can can Cassius die like, is there anything that can kill that man?
1: Yeah, he,
0: he was shot yeah. with an neck. arrow in the neck. Yeah, and then shortly after, hung for a while, and yeah. he was fine.
1: He's <laughs> certainly the most plot, plot armoryist for sure. Yeah, but yeah, that whole sequence,
0: Severo's speech, all the rioting that whole mess i was like this whole this could have just not been in here at all because it actually didn't affect anything the obsidians go right back to trusting everyone cassius doesn't die Severo doesn't die it was like that whole thing could just be lifted out
2: i think (laughs) what it was i think what it was was it was a way to kind of foreshadow the the fact that cassius we, we needed some sort of inciting event to make it so that cassius would start warming to this cause and if not the cause then not warming to the other side of the cause, you know what i mean? So Severo mm-hmm. forgiving Cassius was probably kind of a little kickstart into Cassius being on board with betraying the sovereign and stuff like that, you know? Cuz Severo like forgiving Cassius if not forgiving then forgetting or whatever, you know. I don't know if Severo's ever going to really forgive Cassius, but Severo doing that, you know, meant a lot to Cassius and Therefore, Cassius is this much more open to Darrow talking to him over whiskey. <laughs> they have a right. bottle. Somehow they have a bottle of, bottle of Lagavulin which I guess is right, right, like, like Lagavulin is still so a company old. in like seven hundred fifty years. Like Dude, so. at one point, it's like a thousand um,
0: years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's bottles. like a brand right now. Like, <laughs> what does so
1: Victor funny. do? She quotes. Oh, she, Victra says, "By Felicia at one point. And it's like, really? Oh you think God. she knows like some slang or like a, a meme from like the early 19th century? Like hundreds of years later, she drops up literal "By no, Felicia. I no, was like, no, it's not feeling I it. set
0: the book down. I set the book down and <laughs> yeah. got lunch after that because I was like, what did he just do?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would felt the same. I was just like, man, no. What is "By Felicia? What is that? In the middle
0: of one of like the most intense battles, she goes, bye Felicia like you what, never heard before? that
2: before no I don't I've never heard that in my life
0: it's from that one movie
2: yeah it's from Ice um Cube, it's with it? yeah
0: it's
1: with Ice Cube and it's from um oh what is the movie
0: Friday
1: it's Friday yes it's Friday uh-huh well, I, and I love they're, like, Friday this like yeah wait, it's, it's, so, a, it's a wait, short, like, bye, here's, here's it's a short quoted
2: Friday in this book yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean it was a cool quote it's like funny that he put that in there but it was like I, I thought the word Felicia
2: was weird. I was like, who is Felicia?
1: Yeah, it's like, "What?" that's not the name of her sister. And she by Felicia's her And I was like, what? That's too modern day. Like, you can't use like a modern day thing. Like, I don't yeah, know. it just... should
2: have had several say, you got knocked the fuck out. That would yeah, have been yeah, that. Or something.
0: <laughs> I wanted to talk about what my favorite kind of twist, like plot twist was. Let's hear it. Because I talked about my least favorite, which was The Wreck of several hanging himself but my favorite sequence of the whole book was i mean i hated to read that ragnar died but his death it was so sad but so beautiful yeah and so touching
2: the best and, death in the whole series
0: literally yeah. so yeah like and that's how you knew he was really dying and yeah. and he wasn't going to come back is that it took forever but then we get to we go right into meeting Sephi and the valkyrie and we go and meet ragnar's mom and that lady that whole okay yeah that whole sequence with with ragnar's mom i'm getting chills ragnar's mom <laughs> and the valkyrie and the obsidian everyone just like listening to mustang and darrow do their thing which usually works they usually just walk into a place they do their little thing and then everyone's on their side and ragnar's mom goes no
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. even Not after today, they go sorry. kill the gods
0: and then and then and then an even bigger twist was sefi just cuts her mom's head off (laughs) she said okay and killed her it was so startling and so perfect
2: I agree and beautiful part, I think that the the part of the ice with the exception of like oh both ships crashed and they just happen to have all of our main characters on to you know right. like that, was, that was like a little weird but like everything after that was really really good like Ragnar yeah. dying Darrow and Mustang show up they try their best but no one's listening to them and then they go murder a bunch of gold. There's like here we go murdering some goals Like, why right, just everybody hang tight. We're gonna go murder some of your gods real quick. Right. We'll come back. And then even then uh, Alia, which is uh Ragnar's mom, what do you think was up with that though? Like why do you think Ali do you think Alia was just that like
0: I think into- Alia was a neoliberal <laughs> about that. <laughs> He's like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but it would actually be better for me if we didn't. Yes, that, that's <laughs> the reason. Yeah, she says
1: like their rulership, they're the ones who put me in power.
0: Yeah. So I stay in power
1: if I keep under their regime.
0: Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's super cringe that what they're doing to us, but also like, I have it pretty good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. She was at the top, so like, you know. So what do you think made Sefi chop her mom's head off? Do you think it was seeing Ragnar die?
0: And that they had been lied to, and that her mom knew, and was okay with it. Yeah, it was the betrayal and knowing
1: that like, in order for the people to be freed, that like, that's what needed to happen and also just like the way that their society works and also that the mom had gone once again a person who is beyond redemption she's never going to come back and this is what needs to happen so
2: the
0: even ragnar um, obsidians knew. can move like, forward beautiful big-hearted ragnar was like you gotta kill my mom yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> she's can't. not gonna
2: listen to you <laughs> you gotta kill my mom <laughs> <laughs> kind of in connection with Seffi, but not totally in connection with sefi um the part where darrow blows up the docs on ganymede Ooh. i kind of want to talk about that yeah. i know that i already yeah. kind of touched on that a little bit but first of all since we were already talking about sefi i really liked that brown showed sefi's reaction to it that was a really smart thing to do because Sephi has seen some shit. like sefi yes. has seen so yeah. much death and destruction but nothing on this scale like this was outrageous the amount of people that darrow just murdered right <laughs> and I mean, really though. But like, uh, I wanted to ask you guys though. Do you think it was a good idea, like objectively, for Darrow to do that with the way that everything was laid out? Do you think it was smart of him to take that? Objectively, yes. Okay, I disagree, but I want to hear your like your
1: for for the strategy. What he he was making a pact with the devil when he made the pact with what was his name? Rat, Romulus, Romulus. Romulus. Um, in order to use Romulus's army, in order to his fleet to take out the sovereign's fleet, because he knew then his he basically the deal that they made was like we'll overthrow the inner world, but you guys get the outer planets yeah. to like still rule and do your own thing. And he knew that if he if he allowed them to continue, they would be armed and ready. They would be his next enemy. So he was just getting ahead of it and being like, if I do this, it'll weaken them to the point of them not being able to resist. And he was basically neutering a a huge barrier between him and his ultimate success right away Um, by doing a brutal thing. You know, it's like one of those sacrifice a hundred to save a thousand sort of questions that like only Kings can really contend with. But uh, you know, I I don't know if morally, if it was the right move, but um, strategically it certainly was.
2: So I kind of disagree. I I really see where you're, where you're coming from and maybe it'll prove to have been a really good idea on Darrow's part, but I think that he's really discounting the gold's respect for Force, you know, like really, because like, if Darrow won against Roke with sheer numbers and strategy, like I just don't. He didn't. He was using Romulus and his. I agree, but they still won the battle, right? I mean, yeah.
3: Like, like, but I, I bet just, you. I bet you. I you don't out think out
2: world it was, up... I was.
1: would see him as like weak or something when he took over the sovereign and jump in and take him with their power. He needed them neutered.
2: Maybe I think that Romulus would have been such a good ally if darrow because like i think taking the chance that romulus finds out that it was actually darrow you know what i mean like is more dangerous than uh, well, he did know even oh yeah
0: he knew oh he no knew. you're totally
2: right he, he really <laughs> did yeah he did
0: during that conversation yeah it was one of no those i forgot about that you're he right. was like, both knew.
1: so which to yeah. your point you know you might be kind of right there but i don't think that romulus was ever going to be like the telemonicist where he could no. be like converted to the greater idea of it all no. like he was he had his own like sense of honor and righteousness about like how he raised his family which we kind of resonated with but at the end of the day he was still a gory damn gold who believed that he should be ruling the lower colors and he was going to need to be put down in order for the
0: Yeah no um, he was literally yeah, using I think I'm an, I He was using guys, the rising yeah to help his own shit. Yeah, yeah. And so then he would have just wiped them out later. No, and I think so, I yeah. agree.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was a little on the fence about it, but I think I agree with you. I mean, it's but still I, I don't terrible. know if I agree with...
1: Sorry, sorry. I, I don't know terrible. if I agree with Darrow's decision to kill
2: everyone on the docks. That was rough, man. Like, yeah. killing so yeah and that's why before i said like he seems so ready to kill countless like low colors but when it comes to cassius you know like it's like yeah oh if you know darrow that's the place to be i know yeah yeah if you're buddies with if you have ever been in the same campfire light as Darrow, (laughs) if you've ever thrown spears at fish with darrow totally should have hooked up with him a million times with darrow (laughs) yeah i don't know
1: yeah yeah one thing I do want to ask you guys about was, do you think that, um you know, th- there was an interesting thing that Romulus, yeah, Romulus says that, is like in their culture he doesn't let their children watch the hollows which is basically their version of tv before 12 as why should they be allowed to listen to the opinions of others before they have made opinions of their own do you guys think that's a smart way to raise a child allowing their mind room to form their own opinions based off their own observations and studies than to hear others um that might flavor their own formation of opinions but also the doing so leaves them ignorant of current events and cultural memes and ideas
2: um i don't i mean i think i agree mostly with the sentiment um i would say i like i don't have kids like i wouldn't right. if i had kids they wouldn't be watching network news stations at like 11 years old you know like cuz i don't even watch that shit no <laughs> but but like but i i think um the sentiment is pretty cool like you know why let their opinions be informed when they haven't even gotten to an age where they can form them yeah, themselves yeah i agree uh but like i don't know it's kind of ironic because like you're the one saying that you know what I mean right. so you're like you're kind of doing that yeah he's the by... one forming their yeah <laughs> but <laughs> like right. I mean you some mean, you know but it's the problem yeah exactly like it's like someone's going to so it should probably yeah. be uh, yeah I think that's probably a a safe bet I mean I think that our news is probably a little bit, a little bit more chaotic and not just
0: news but like the entertainment media too he was saying right all that's what he says
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would still like, I mean, obviously, none of us are parents. Um, and if you're a parent listening right now, then please excuse our <laughs> ignorance. But like, I mean, I would say letting kids watch like a certain amount of TV kind of makes sense in like a social aspect. You know what I mean? Just like kids going to public school and like kind of like getting a feel for like the cadence of conversation and like what we socially accept and don't and right. stuff like that. But I like mean,
1: Romulus it, would, I'd want to control it.
2: Right. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a parent. So it's like really difficult for me to answer that question. <laughs> like, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Generally, I agree with the sentiment of restricting the flow of information to them but at the same time you don't want them to grow up, grow up completely um blind or unaware or ignorant of certain things and so yeah i kind of think controlling the flow is the way to go but again like you said i don't have kids so who if knows?
2: you're raising your kids to be like warrior gods then yeah <laughs> then yeah i guess like keep them a certain, focused yeah like you mean they're like uh, they're like spartans in that yeah. sense where yeah. yeah they start killing bears when they're six years old and stuff and yeah maybe i wouldn't let them watch looney tunes but <laughs> yeah uh, i do have i want to say um the one of the parts that i found in this book to be the most heavy hitting and like really got my heart going was the part where right before uh darrow rips out the jackal's tongue Ooh, which was man fucking crazy uh and then but before that when the jackal is killing millions of people every couple seconds Ooh. with oh those gosh. nukes wow that was That was wild like that was i have i haven't read a part in a book like that since well pretty recently in the expanse
1: oh yeah yeah. except for one of the book series that we've read really recently where (laughs) the whole time dies so uh
2: the expanse yeah Um, but still i mean the the cold cold character that is adrius augustus Mm -hmm. like wow like the fact that he can just stand there and order millions of people put to death in like a horrible way too i mean Again, like yeah. he's like beyond he needs like, to go nuclear bombs are they're really awful obviously like a lot of people die instantly but just as many they're people the die ones. horrifically yeah and so he's subjugating millions and millions of people it's like you just killed six million people you just killed five million people like he kills so many people on is not there like three billion people on luna or something like that like some I think ridiculous so, yeah. number it was basically just like a, a a pissy fit that he's throwing yeah exactly and it was it was alluded to not and it was foreshadowed earlier in the book the idea that adrius you know like he couldn't get his dad's love so he killed mm-hmm. his dad you know and then it's like they were really worried about him having nukes because it's like if he can't get things exactly the way he wants he's going to start nuking people and that's exactly what he did yeah it's so horrible I'm so glad that guy got his tongue ripped out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then killed (laughs) shortly after.
2: But Mustang grabs his feet at the end too yes which, I which thought was, was good really cool touch yeah because
1: yeah. without that i thought it was getting a little bit like oh, okay guys let's like let's be the bigger person here we're like, we're like dismembering I this know. person you know,
2: no it felt really I, good it felt really good so but at the same many, time we don't want to like bigger person
1: yeah, yeah we want to be yeah. the bigger person and not begin our taking over with like cool now let's do the exact same thing that they did to us to them because they deserve it which certainly they do but i like I the see, fact that it was like we got to feel the like pettiness of like yes his pain and then also mustang being like but i got this we will be the bigger person
2: see and that's one of the inconsistencies that i see at least with darrow is that like i feel like he's kind of all over the place sometimes with stuff where like in some moments he's like no we can't be on the same level as the golds like we can't just like blow stuff up willy-nilly and you know it's just all like We have to be better, you know. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true, but you—it's like, what is up? I can't get him blowing up the doxic like Ganymede out of my head. Like, it kind of just like, it kind of goes against everything that Darrow stands for to do that. And it was such a knee jerk reaction, and it's not revisited later. Like, it's not—he doesn't think think about it, doesn't reflect on it, like at all. Yeah, I don't know.
1: And and he would, he would suffer the
2: like guilt of that
1: for a long time I think it was very much out of character you're right but I think it was Pierce Brown's way of being like how do I button this story up because we still have a major problem in the outer reach of this solar system that he's going to either have to contend with but I want the story to end cleanly with him destroying the sovereign you know
2: Yeah, so I kind of like feel like it they, was his weak way of like that him hole. and him and several gotten like a huge fight about this exact same thing. And then he like turns yeah. around and does it like, well, know. no, I mean, his was actually strategic,
1: whereas Severo's wasn't, you know, Severo's was just like pouty.
0: Well, no, Severo wanted to blow up the entire helium three supply, which would have totally wrecked the economy. And right. But that would have been a really everything. bad thing.
1: Like Quicksilver explains it where he's like, that actually wouldn't have helped your cause. Um for some reason, I don't remember it, but it was like a pretty good like, oh, right. Like, no, that was just like a we're going to destroy something. And that's actually not in the benefit of the rebellion.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know that Quicksilver I forget what was the right, reason but was, though. I think that um, Gandalf would have been disappointed because <laughs> I feel like it's sort of like that when someone suggested to throw the ring into the ocean, you know, it's like... Right,
1: like- let tomorrow's chill. Yeah, like let them deal, deal with, with it. that. Yeah. And
0: he's like, no, you can't do that. Like, if you have this problem, like, you have to solve it. Like, this is your responsibility. And Darrow is like, someone else will deal with that later. Cause he didn't say, like, I just made this problem go away. He was like, this will keep them busy for several years, but yeah. they'll come back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm very curious. Um, as we begin to wrap things up here, I'm really curious as to what's going to happen in the next few books. Like, I have yeah, no idea. It seems too. like all the conflict is kind of solved. Um, I know, Evan, you said that you have started reading a little bit, but Effie, do you have any ideas as to what you think the story is going to become, where it's going to go?
0: I mean, I was I was hoping that there would be a time skip. I'm hoping that, and Same. it sounds like there are mo- multiple points of view chapters so that's that, that good. Are different than just that Darrow, are different yeah. than Darrow. That's that's like very important to me at this point in the series because it's Agreed. been three long books with that guy. <laughs> um but I I think it's going to be I'm hoping that we get to see Darrow's kid Pax like get involved cuz if, if if there's a time skip then maybe this kid will start to like do this the work of his parents or or maybe he'll disagree with it maybe he'll want to be a gold maybe he'll hate like resent being a red i don't know
1: it, the next book is called iron gold iron
0: gold what isn't it, iron mean? gold isn't like that what they call the original like og golds like the hard asses the like
1: that's the, the peerless thing. scarred i don't know if they're well, iron no the iron it's kind of a mixture gold... of the iron rain with the golds maybe it's like no. revenge of the golds they come back
0: the Iron Golds were the ones who like fucked up Earth, originally. Oh, were they? I don't know. That's how I remember it being explained. Was that like the the Golds that came down from Luna and fucked up Earth and and made it so that Luna was in charge and that Golds were in charge and started this whole society? Like they were the Iron Golds. They were like
1: oh okay
3: the
0: hardest of the hard gold fucking gold like. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I feel I think like you're right. I feel like if that's anything, it might allude to these hard, like honorable, but terrifying moon lord golds who, you know, were nuked at the end of that book. So I don't know. (laughs)
1: i don't really know either i think that's a good idea though i think they're gonna have to deal with some sort of uprising or rebellion of their own i hope what i hope it's not is simply the gold's like coming back to take over and just like them like struggling with the same group again i hope it's something new and fresh
0: that would suck yeah yeah
1: because they already fixed that problem you know i don't want to relive that
2: i think lysander is going to play a big role in the next couple of books oh the
0: kid that cassius raises yeah i think cassius
2: is going to come back in some capacity but i think lysander is probably going to have a pretty big if not big like a pretty important part to play in a lot of this because like yeah uh mustang is the new sovereign which i have thoughts about as well like they're kind of like keeping to a certain status quo it's like i guess right like let's change sense. the system like, and we'll just take over by force and just yeah beat it i mean them. it's kind yeah. of like it, it's weird that like they're rallying so hard against this system but it seems to me more like they're rallying against the wrong people being in charge of this system yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah that's kind of like, gross but so like, i guess they I don't do need to take over in order to reform right yeah there's a certain they, they can't just like completely tear everything down over the course of a couple days right Right. like ruin the entire society i get that to a certain extent but it's like at least like call or something else i don't know like yeah
1: right or like end with like and we set forth to make this a democratic voting thing but like (laughs) something (laughs) yeah and while we figure it out we have a temporary sovereign
2: (laughs) but i think about lysander what do you think about lysander just kind of
0: like, that was crazy ah, she's oh like, it's all she, good She's. that jazz. was wild she's yeah. like like mustang is holding she's carrying the sovereign's <laughs> head yeah. in her hand with lysander on the other side of her and she's just like i'm your bitch now and like he's totally cool with it
1: yeah it's weird i think that's <laughs> a result of one thing for sure and potentially another one is that he was raised by the sovereign and obviously like prepared and kind of like mentally toughened in ways that we can can't even imagine for yeah. like leadership and rule and like subjugating millions, right yeah he's but a like, little
0: king. yeah, he's like a little
1: <laughs> king but also I think he has some maybe potential like jackal traits in that he's like an actual psychopath. No no you I don't, don't think so, so. I don't know I, mean, I feel like he could rise and be briefly, a scary figure
0: he briefly showed up in Golden Sun. And he was just like a cute little gold kid. Like he was obviously the sovereign's yeah, grandkid. He just doesn't but like, care was, when
1: like the person who's like playing their mom I don't all their think lives, it was like so is th- their head is being I don't kept, think it's like, so carried. much that he didn't
0: care. And, and it was more that he knew what the protocol was. And so he might have had his own feelings about it, but he also just knew it wasn't the kind of thing that you're supposed to fight about. Like he knows the you know, protocol. Any 10-year-old he knows that can steps. hide that in
1: that situation, I'm scared. He's a gold.
0: <laughs> gold kids are different. I don't know.
1: That's true. And
0: But then there is hope, though, because Cassius is the one who raises him. Little golden retriever, man.
2: Do we trust Cassius? <laughs> I mean, he did shoot him six times. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, a couple more notices real quick. One of them, uh, real quick, is one of my favorite quotes in the book, and it's from Victra, when she uh, apprehends her sister and <laughs> just basically texts them and says bitch captured cavex free victory mine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so good bitch captured so good that's, that's amazing was um, amazing but then leading leading into the next sequence of events okay so this is my last little gripe with this book why the hell would you tell two prisoners I only need one of you Ooh. and then put them right next to each other like yeah. what of course one yeah, of them is like, gonna kill the other one one of them is like a bloodthirsty murderer and the other one is just a little bronzy like what i don't know i, I mean I weirdly, thought that was silly.
0: in a weird way like it's kind of Thistle's fault. Like, why the fuck would she get anywhere near Antonia? She was like within yeah. arm's reach of her. Yeah. That's, and that should have never I happened. I wouldn't
2: blame the victim in this situation personally. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, but
0: like, I'm saying she was kind of dumb because she knew I how. I agree with horrible you. She was kind
2: of dumb. She should Antonia, she Antonia, Antonia, yeah. is. Antonia yeah. is like really crazy. bad. Crazy. Yeah. She killed no her bad. mom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. She killed her mom. And she's got that gold strength. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, way. Th- no way. No way. But i yeah. would have stayed on the other side and been yeah. like no bitch. <laughs> i would have put
2: i would have put them in completely different areas like it's so silly that they just locked them up right next to each other And then they were just like, well, we only need to keep one of you alive. Often in
1: in movies where they like throw all of the good guys into the same jail cell and you're like, really, why would they do that? That's ridiculous (laughs) to have them working together. Okay, one of my favorite quotes here was um, Severo to Darrow while talking about Cassius and the potential for him being on his side and being redeemed instead of just killing him. And he says, just because you're right doesn't mean you're right. And I was like, (laughs) ah, that one hit hard. I like that a lot.
2: (laughs) I, um one other thing that i wanted to ask you this is going to be my last question of the episode and then i really we should just start reading iron gold immediately because i mm-hmm. want to just keep i want to yep. read lightbringer apparently lightbringer is amazing so oh, yeah I bet, apparently it's brown's best writing it's oh, it's, it's shorter than dark age yeah i'm excited to see what's happening but i have a question and it's why do you think the sovereign didn't kill darrow like immediately
0: when he walked into that bunker,
2: so at the end of the book, Darrow gets his hand cut off. Severo is, if not dead, unconscious, basically useless until he gets a big jab of drugs. So it's Cassius, Antonia, Aja, Darrow, the Sovereign, Lysander, and a bunch of Obsidians. The Sovereign sends all the Obsidians out, right? Mm-hmm. And and I and I understand that. The reason the jackal is there is because the jackal is holding the moon hostage basically i get all of that right why wouldn't the sovereign immediately kill darrow like that's if i was the sovereign i would have just killed him and been done with it immediately
0: so darrow is a bit of a weird mythical figure at this point like they've tried and failed to kill kill him they've tried and and failed to kill him twice publicly like on camera he has died and then <laughs> not been dead and so He's i a feel like cockroach yeah so if they just said yeah we got him like people would be like no you didn't and they would just like keep fighting and so she had to like get it on camera it was on again you know but it she was a...
2: so much talking like it was they they Dude, killed antonia the before they killed guy. darrow yeah they have yeah. To monologue they have no a and i i understand <laughs> i understand from like a writing perspective obviously we're not going to kill darrow right um right we're going to need to have a little bit of monologuing here but i mean it's like like the sovereign kills antonia before she kills darrow you know what I mean she's like well I've got this rebel leader here and everyone's watching but first let me take care of this other little thorn on my side yeah, it's just like sure wait no enough- like like I if you. I was the sovereign move. I would be like okay open this guy's throat in front of every don't hang him <laughs> don't, like, like, bubbling yeah, like no yeah, we, like let's no, actually really. let's show what let's Braveheart style like actually <laughs> kill this guy <laughs> You know, yeah. but obviously I'm not saying like Pierce Brown should have killed Darrow in the third no. book. That would have yeah. been pretty interesting though. That would have like, been pretty cool though. I, I thought I he I was gonna die day.
0: and would have been cool with it, honestly. Yeah.
2: There was a lot of Darrow. <laughs> I mean, I there was a lot. I really like Darrow No, I love him, like, but
0: I think story wise, it would have been a good story if he died.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've definitely I was a little fatigued with Darrow. Um yeah. just just and not not because like you know not because he was just like "Oh, several and victor are getting married but i can't celebrate because i'm too sad you know like but that's not <laughs> really as funny. fatiguing it's just it's more like okay we've had three books from one perspective right that's why i'm really like, excited the next book is yeah i think it's a lot of darrow still obviously that's okay. but um it's long long think... not mainly him or only him you know no it's not only him no i think that's switching good. to multiple povs because not only is this story um, kind of I think would benefit from getting more POVs now that we've been with Darrow for so long but I think that the nature of this conflict is expanding and getting more complicated than just Darrow needs to blow up these ships at this time and he needs to you know is, is a lot totally more involved now that we're a lot farther into it so um, having more characters I wonder if he's gonna stick to first person POVs though that would be interesting Like doing multiple povs but all in first person present tense oh wow interesting like this (laughs) this that would be crazy wacky yeah but if anyone can do it it's
1: pierce brown if there's one thing that has stood the test of all three books and it stayed the same uh is that pierce brown is an amazing writer and can pack one hell of a punch into his stories and so much story in such little time i'm just very impressed every time i turn a page
2: yeah no, he is Same. he is very very good at what he does. It's yes. it's. I think there's like a great balance here of humor, of intensity, of emotion, pacing. Like he he really romance. is. Yeah, he's very on top mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like if I was gonna put my critic pants on, which like who am I you know what Come I mean you like it's a, You're
1: a book reviewer that's what well, you do baby But Come like on. if I was
2: going to put my critic pants on I feel like uh there are just some things you know like with Severo's gun the sovereign not killing Darrow just like some kind like of small things speeches where, at like age 14. the there's movie
0: like, would be over yeah you know? exactly like- yeah there's just some like
2: <laughs> fairly deus ex machina type things going on like sometimes but like it's so it's so few and far between it's like not even a big deal you know and i like reading them it's cool like uh, but there's a rule um in with writing that i've uh, i've kind of taken to heart and really really like this rule and it's basically you can use coincidence to get your characters into trouble uh. but you can't use coincidence to get your characters out of trouble mm. you yes know? so
0: yes and they it, use coincidence to get out of the end of the Look. yeah yeah so <laughs> trouble i don't think
2: that's necessarily a hard and fast rule you absolutely have to stick to no matter what but it is no. just like a thing that i notice sometimes not just with not pierce brown is not the only person that does this like, yeah i've read lots and lots of fantasy books um but it's just like Like, while we're on the subject of, like, you know, shitting on stuff, but, like, with, with like, the inheritance cycle, and I'm not giving anything away, but there is just kind of like a, well, it's a good thing they had that one thing that just appeared, like, in the book at one point, and, like, that's cool that it's in this spot when they needed it, I guess, like what whatever that thing was you know
1: hey like, listen i've said it before and i'll say it again my one go-to that I, is kind of a weak um cop-out statement but it's how i explain it is they don't write stories about the stories that like crazy things don't happen in right like yeah, there's so many stories yeah. out there so we get to hear the ones that are recorded that crazy things did happen in because they yeah. succeeded and it's just like yeah you know i, I kind of justify corny. it that I like way it. but like
0: yeah, yeah that's cool yeah
1: you're not wrong <laughs> you know it does yeah. kind of, sometimes it takes you out of the story like the by Felicia thing it's like okay
0: yeah yeah I
2: think um <laughs> I think one thing to remember with stuff like this is that the author is completely drumming all of this up from thin air right mm-hmm. like I mean you really need to remember that and I know no, it's, it's
0: so impressive
2: yeah it's really impressive and and like I know that with everybody has a certain threshold for their suspension of disbelief right and it depends on the context of what's happening in the book it depends on what's going on everybody's different but you do have to be kind of, with fantasy and science fiction and horror and genre fiction in general especially when it's this crazy when it's this all over the place you do have to just like let some stuff go now and then you know you just have to yeah. be like okay sure adrius decided to kill darrow with uh Sevros' gun because that's how it happened Neville yeah. Neville knocked over all the time turners because Neville knocked over all the time yeah. turners you know? right. like it's fine it's, yeah. it's, it's not great it's a little clumsy but that's what but it whatever. was like yes yeah, yeah, sorry not like a hundred percent out of the realm of possibility that adrius would think it was poetic to use Sevros' gun you yeah. know.
0: No, for sure.
2: He probably would. And not and there's also he was a
0: narcissist as as fuck. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and like to answer
2: my own question about why the sovereign didn't kill Darrow immediately, is because these golds think they're gods. It doesn't matter how many times it's proved to them that they're not, they still carry on thinking that. I don't think the sovereign was actually concerned about Darrow at any point during no. any of this. No. I mean, she, she was rolled concerned her about eyes the, at him yeah, when he came no.
0: in. She was just like, ugh, this she guy. She was concerned
2: about Darrow. I mean, she was, I mean, she was concerned about the jackal who had a bunch of nukes pointed at her city. Right. He should have been, yeah. But he, was,
0: he was a gold also. So it's like she could take right. all of his threats seriously. Yeah, but Darrow right. is just like, ugh.
2: But Die I do think within her worldview. But I do think, as we keep reading this series, I still think that the real undoing of the Golds is going to be their own hubris. They're going to be constantly. <laughs> they're. And it's, I don't even. I don't even think that it's necessarily that they're underestimating Darrow. I think that they fundamentally don't understand him. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think that's sure. what it is. Like I, yeah. no, they're entirely correct. Yeah, like they I think they're worried about it, but they're not concerned about the right things. You know? Right. right. And they've they've been born into power. They're so used to them. It's
1: the natural order of things that they're at the top of the food chain. For and it's
0: hundreds like, of years. For hundreds
1: yeah. of years. And it's like yeah. it's like not only taught to them in their schools to be this way, but like it's bred into them. Like I'm not surprised at all that they're like, no, we are going to like our reign will continue like we are the best obviously you know Mm -hmm. and they obviously are from their perspective you know the things they value
2: yeah and i'm not trying to minimize people to dogs here or anything but it it would be like if a bunch of dogs got together and went to the supreme court and said hey we're taking over the united states they'd be like the fuck you are like what (laughs) okay sure (laughs) (laughs) this is the silliest thing i've ever seen and even if dogs started bombing like huge buildings full of administrators and like disrupting the legislative process and stuff they'd just be like man these dogs suck like let's get all right let's get them out of here like what the (laughs) hell you know like they would they they still wouldn't get it you know it's so far out of the realm of possibility for them i'm not comparing the reds to dogs okay no no just the american people no it's fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) hear that americans i agree
2: with you (laughs) uh but yeah that's gonna do it for us today everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode it was a little bit rambly this is the way that we like to do it with three people and I'm so happy that we have Effie on here for these yeah Effie,
1: you're doing a great job and everyone thinks so
2: thank you Chad and I agree with each other enough for these episodes uh we we really like having you around here to kind (laughs) of give us your opinion on things um so I just wanted to ask before we leave uh Effie do you think that this series like this experience reading like this you know you haven't really read a lot of science fiction you haven't really read a lot of fantasy nothing that's like this con- kind of concurrent series of books has this inspired you to read more stuff like this like read more fantasy read more science fiction longer series have some more time yeah do you think you're gonna read more
0: i've i've actually found myself kind of curious more curious than i have. You're dating
2: the exact right person <laughs> i know
0: i know it's like because obviously you have a lot of books and stuff but like (laughs) (laughs) you might find your
2: own stuff though yeah i
0: had never really like considered them part of my lifestyle that was like your lifestyle was the reading and mine was being awesome in other ways totally but i'm i don't know i've started to kind of like get curious about other fantasy books totally other sci-fi i'm open to it
2: maybe uh maybe we'll have to have Effie on for when stormlight five comes out
0: oh god no <laughs> So
2: she can read like those monstrosities <laughs> they're yeah. so good though they're oh my god. so good big. they're yeah, just I mean, like, as good as red rising so oh yeah they're, they're if like not better if not a little bit yeah but
0: they're mm. as big as my head i th- i
2: think Your i like stormlight more than red rising i think I like, is now, sorry.
0: so small i
2: think i like stormlight more than red rising i do yeah i i but it's so close like because i still haven't read rhythm of war yet but, Me neither yeah maybe getting Effion on for okay maybe not stormlight that's too much maybe, maybe misborn 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 would be really fun something yeah.
0: smaller
2: smaller <laughs> smaller
0: i i thought when i agreed to this i thought i was agreeing to three books
2: six baby so uh, no, i'm six, yeah.
0: i'm an enormous trooper And not only that, I mean, I have taken like (laughs) so many, like I
1: began you joining us by thanking you being like, thank you for all of the book reviews kill fans. And for me personally, that for giving us so much of your partner, because I know uh, (laughs) we take a lot of his time and it is very special that we have that much of him.
2: Well, until we figure out what else we're gonna have Effie read with us uh we still have three books left and they're they're chonkers they're big books (laughs) and so we've still got a lot more of Effie. we've still got a lot more red rising ahead of us everybody again thank you so much for listening to this episode uh look out for our episode for iron gold it should be coming out in about a week and a half two weeks something like that looks like we're kind of taking a little bit more of our time with this um (laughs) these books are pretty long this and it, in They're like getting long. getting all three of us on the same schedule while chad and i are also reading other books as well uh, and we you're won't...
1: like publishing one so yeah uh, lots going on
2: lots going i on. forgot about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm also making one which uh i still want to do a recap and discussion once that's all settled
1: oh dude in. once everyone else can read yes. it too we're absolutely yeah. gonna rip it we to could, pieces on I the was body. Like, yeah no
2: i'd love to bring effie on for it because it'll be fun yeah. yeah she's had insights like when i'm talking about it she's just like well what about this and i'm like oh my god you're so right about that. i, I know honest, think about honestly that. yeah i feel like I effie say, understands my book better than i do
0: i feel like <laughs> i am like a like i've written some of this book like i mean maybe not like physically with my hands but like with my mind chad feels <laughs> like that too <laughs> Dude, yeah
1: it's kind of nice isn't it like yeah. you don't have to do all the terrible awful work you just kind of get that little like you get to like sprinkle in some spritz at the end and be like i yeah. did something it's
2: like, i did yeah, something
1: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah and then i have to sit down i'm like oh my god why are they ambling everywhere i've used that word like four times in this paragraph like, yeah so i gotta Effie, i'm part. so glad
1: that you also noticed the phlegm thing oh my oh, yeah, god I Evan said that you noticed that because it's like one of my least favorite words in the entire like all of everything oh yeah it's because it's one okay. of the worst often. things
0: okay
2: the so way. for everybody listening um well, Chad and Effie kind of let the cat out of the bag no you can we the can, the can cut all cat- this out no you no, can no we don't have to cut out. it you can cut it out you can cut like, all this out no it's fine it's fine uh so I had the I had used the word phlegm 12 yes. times in A my, lot of that is book.
0: 11 times too many. Yeah, so
2: I reduced it down to one time. There was yeah. one I wouldn't let go, which needs to be there, but yeah, I one cut time them all. Is great, out. and I think even my agent was like, Dude, why did you use this word so? <laughs> really, I just hate it wasn't it worth that so many. Much. Like, I mean, this it's like 80,000 like words, it's
0: 11 long. times too many. <laughs> it made me feel yeah. so
1: justified when I heard that you also said something because I just like personally just that word is just like makes me shudder
2: and then when yeah. evan
1: was like yeah no like effie said the same thing i was like yes oh justified
2: <laughs> oh, yeah great. there's definitely some some different words i need i have some pet words you know I use though like you I'm know it's real fun
1: and real rich from coming from a state point of never having written a book to be like judging you for your book so you know i, I acknowledge the um the richness of it for sure
2: no i need the critique and I, I mean sometimes you know you're looking too hard at a project and you think yeah. everything's cool and then somebody reads something and they're like wait why the hell did you do that and you're like why the <laughs> hell did i do that That's, i'm not sure i'm actually really curious uh i wish i could read like a first draft of red rising you know and just yeah see, well, like, any think, book that you really find, yeah i think that um, would make
0: you feel that would make you feel so relieved yeah i think that so too, you're, yeah. you're not the yeah. only one that writes a rough draft
2: yeah yeah no I'm, yeah. I'm sure of it i know that brandon sanderson released his kind of rough draft for the way of kings a little while ago um and i haven't i haven't read it yet but i've heard it's like you know That's it's brave. a lot different like yeah it's di- oh i mean like sanderson yeah at this point i feel like you could we all just know that argue. yeah you could just <laughs> like nobody could look at his draft of Way of kings and be like aha i knew he was a terrible writer right. you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like no they've, they've, <laughs> he was hiding it from us this whole time no I didn't mean that like he was
0: brave because it could have changed people's mind I yeah, meant like no. it's really hard to be that vulnerable
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah really absolutely is. it's difficult um but uh, yeah thank you to speaking of vulnerability again everybody mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening to us talking for so long mm-hmm about all these books everything that we do you've been with us for this whole ride on this episode it is truly one of the most special
1: things i've ever experienced
2: for real uh but that's going to do it for us today everybody i hope you have an awesome awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody
0: bye bye Bye.
1: just with that (laughs) bye one more (laughs) time
0: bye